I'm going to invite you to take a look at Philippians chapter 3. The title of today's message is Fixing Our Focus. It's important to keep proper perspective in our lives in every season of life. Uh, this morning in our pre-service huddle when we got together, Jeffrey Miller was sharing about the, the idea that in, you know, 2020 rolled around and we all had this, you know, this vision, this 20, 2020 vision and all laying out great plans for the year and so forth. And, and then, then COVID hit and then, then it, it just continued on throughout the year and throughout 2021. And, and so aside from the pandemic, there's all kinds of other issues of life come, uh, come in on us. That, are, that can be very, very distractive and make it very difficult. It can be very difficult in general to, to keep a proper perspective and to keep a proper focus on where our focus as followers of Christ needs to be. Uh, you know, we have the, not just a life that's happening, but we have an enemy that is consistently and persistently Endeavoring to cloud our minds with negative, self-defeating, and even sinful thoughts. And it takes a lot of discipline. It takes a lot of discipline to keep our minds fixed on those things that are above, those things that are pure, those things that are lovely, and those things that are praiseworthy. But, but we can do it in the name of Jesus. We can have our focus fixed on him and have that proper perspective. So that's what I want to share with you this morning. I want to use the Apostle Paul's example and teachings that he lays out here in Philippians chapter 3. Now, in, 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 in reading and in, in when, when you're studying or reading through the epistles, that's Paul's letters that he wrote to the churches, the church at Corinth, the church of Colossae, church of Ephesus, the church of Philippi. When you're reading those different letters, uh, what helped me since some years ago I discovered, uh, I had it presented to me like this, is that always remember that the apostle Paul received a revelation of the grace of God. And the grace of God is, in, in this sense, is in reference to a to dispensation, a, 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 a time frame that we're living in. Like, we, you know, be, before the church, it was, a, it was a time of the law of Moses. And then after Jesus and, and the cross, we entered into what biblically was referred to as a church age or a time of grace, dispensation of grace. The apostle Paul received personally from Jesus Christ the revelation of the grace of God. And within the revelation of the grace of God, we have a, a unity and an identity and an in him relationship with Christ. We, have, we died with him. We were buried with him. We were raised up together with him. And we have been made to sit together in heavenly places with him. And so when you're reading any of the Apostle Paul's letters, always remember he's, he's approaching it from an in him reality. And it creates a little bit of attention because it teaches, he's teaching from it already happened to it's not yet a reality. And that tension in between, but the more we keep reading, the more we keep allowing the Holy Spirit to reveal who we are in Christ and what Christ has already accomplished for us. For example, the word clearly states when, you, when I read the healing scriptures and the prophecy of Isaiah and read it in the New Testament, and by his stripes we were healed. 
Well, I'm not an English major, but I do know when, some, when something was accomplished, that's past tense. It didn't say, by his stripes, someday you may be healed. It said, by his stripes, you were healed, but the reality was, I was flat on my back. So that's that tension between the two. But remembering that the teachings are, it already happened. And it's not yet a reality. You say, well, Pastor Ray, how do you reconcile that? We reconcile that. And we, many times we lose sight of, of, of the meaning of this word, but we reconcile it. It's called faith. Faith being the substance of things that we're hoping for, and it's the evidence of things that are not yet seen. And that's what we are as Christians. We believe in God. We believe that he died at the cross. We believe that he was buried. We believe that he was resurrected from the dead. And we believe that he, he was raised up to be seated at the right hand of God the Father. We believe all that. And we believe the scriptures teach us that when we believe that in our heart and we confess that to be true with our mouth, it brings us into that relationship in him. Now, the fullness of all the benefits of that are being worked out as we keep our focus on him. We continue to grow in faith, but we do have the deposit. We have the Holy Spirit as a guarantee, the deposit that this is for real. So what I want you to focus on, what I need to be focusing on, is the reality of the redemptive work of Jesus Christ. And Paul's approaching it from that particular area. And this, these scriptures here in Philippians, you may find some of them very familiar, especially the beginning of the year with people setting new goals and making New Year's resolutions. But I'm going to begin reading at verse 1. Because I want to give you the background to what Paul's talking about when we get into verse 12. So let's begin at verse 1. Philippians chapter 3 says, Whatever happens, dear brothers and sisters, rejoice in the Lord. I never get tired of telling you these things. I, I do it to safeguard your faith. Watch out for those dogs, those people who, who do evil, those mutilators who say you must be circumcised to be saved. For we who worship by the Spirit of God are the ones who already are truly circumcised. We rely on what Christ Jesus has done for us. Let's say that together. We rely on what Jesus Christ has already done for us. What has he already done? That's what we're focusing on. What has he already done? Focus on that. Don't focus on, 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 on the things that are the circumstances and the things that are coming at you. Focus on what Jesus has already done for us. We put no confidence in human effort, though I could have confidence in my own effort if anyone could. Indeed, if others have reason for confidence in their own efforts, I even more. Now he goes in and explains why he, he has every reason in the world to be a very self-fulfilled confident individual. This I was circumcised when I was eight days old. I am a pure-blooded citizen of Israel and a member of the tribe of Benjamin. Ever there was one. I was a member of the Pharisees who demand the strictest obedience to the Jewish law. I was so zealous that I harshly persecuted the church. As for righteousness, I obeyed the law without any fault. I find it interesting that he can make that statement that he, as far as the law, he was without any fault. But yet, when you, when you read in the New Testament, the, apostle, the same apostle Paul was saying, I was chief among sinners. 
So you can legalistically keep the law and still be chief among sinners if you're not relying on the grace of Almighty God. That's a separate message. You'll have to come back later for that one. I'm not going to tell you why, so just keep coming every week. I'll throw it in there somewhere. All right, verse 7. I once thought these things were valuable, all his credentials, all his accomplishments, all his his pedigree and all his successes. He said, I, well, I once thought that these things were valuable, but now I consider them worthless because of what Christ has done. Yes, everything else is worthless when compared with the infinite value of knowing Jesus, my Lord. That's our focus, knowing Jesus Christ as Lord. For his sake, I have discarded everything else, counted it all as garbage so that I could gain Christ and become one with him. I no longer count on my own righteousness through obeying the law. Rather, I become righteous through faith in Christ. For God's way of making us right with himself depends on faith. I want to know Christ and experience the mighty power that raised him from the dead. I want to suffer with him, sharing in his death, so that one way or another, I will experience the resurrection from the dead. Now he transitioned over to verse, into verse 12. I don't mean to say that I have already achieved these things or that I have already reached perfection, but I press on to possess that perfection for which Christ Jesus first possessed me. No, dear brothers and sisters, I have not achieved it, but I focus on this one thing. And we say, I focus on this one thing. We focus on this one thing. We are fixing our focus. And, he's, and then he explains how he is fixing his focus on this one thing. And his main desire here was the infinite value of knowing Christ Jesus as his Lord, to know the power of his resurrection and, and, and to, experience, to experience that intimately and personally. So, so, uh, verse 13, no, dear brothers and sisters, I have not achieved, but I focus on this one thing, forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead. I press on and I, to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God, through Christ Jesus, is calling us, calling us. There's a calling on your life. There is a purpose for which Christ Jesus went to the cross to save you from your sin other than to keep you from an eternity separated from God. There's a purpose for you to be here, to be living in this time, in this season, in this place. There's a purpose for you to be involved in this family. Jesus has called you to a purpose and it's incumbent upon me and upon you to continue to focus on him and to realize that I haven't accomplished everything yet. The apostle Paul said I'm not perfected yet, but personally he's speaking for himself there, not for me. I guess he's talking about me also. <laughs> we haven't reached perfection yet, but we continue to grow. Just because we're not perfect doesn't mean we're hypocrites. Don't allow guilt and condemnation to come in when, when, things aren't, when, when things aren't turning out to perfection, when things may not be happening on your timeline. It may not be according to your vision board, to your vision statement. But to know that I will continue 
to press forward, to, to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize. There's a heavenly prize awaiting us as we fix our focus on him and turn our attention to him and press in on that. Now, there's so much to unpack here and there's so many different ways we could, we could go into here in this particular text, but there's just several statements that I want to make that I think will be uh, beneficial for us in, in, in forgetting the past and reaching forward. That's not just a, a, a mental or psychological thing. Well, you just need to forget the past. You just need to forget it or just, you know, it didn't work out. Forget all the, all the accomplishments. Forget all the failures. It's a new year. We turned the calendar over to a new year. It's now 2022. Turning the page of a calendar is not going to do anything in your life if you do not have a proper focus on the Lordship of Jesus Christ. It may, may be a good mental exercise for you, but there's no spiritual power whatsoever in the turning of a page of a calendar. What we want to do is we want to, what we want to do is we want to fix our focus on this one thing. Acknowledge that I'm, I'm, I'm not as mature yet as I'm, I'm going to be. I haven't accomplished all the purposes yet that God has for me. Uh, there, there, there's more to be done. There, there's, there's more to learn. There's more to know about Jesus Christ. And I'm going to continue to focus on that. And so first of all, I'd say, let's, along with the Apostle Paul, let's just admit that we need to stop putting confidence in our own human effort and rely on what Christ has done for us. Rely on what Christ has done for us. No confidence in our human effort. That doesn't mean that we don't put any energy into it. That, means, that doesn't mean we don't cooperate. You know, so we have, we're in an interdependent relationship with God and with the Holy Spirit. God is dependent on us, and we are dependent on him. He's looking to us, and he's dependent on us for the gospel to saturate the globe. He's chosen to do it through the body of Christ. That would be you. That would be me. It would be the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. But we need to put our trust and our confidence in him. So no confidence in any of our human effort. Let's completely focus on him. Let's rely on him 110%. That would be my first recommendation. The second one is, is to make, make this a priority, as along with the Apostle Paul, what he said here is that the infinite value of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord, is found in verse 8. The infinite value of knowing Jesus Christ. Everything else is worthless compared to the infinite value of knowing him. Now, how are we going to get to know him? The infinite value of knowing him, but how do we come to know him? We come to know him through his word, to be a, become a student of the word of God, to become a hearer of God's word, to know him, to spend time, to be a worshiper, to be a hearer of the word of God. In Luke chapter 10, we have the, the story in there of, of Mary and Martha and how Jesus came into town with an entourage of people with him. And, and uh, Martha and Mary invited Jesus into their home for a meal, Jesus and the people that were with him. And as Jesus came into the home, Martha was busy scurrying around, preparing this meal for all the people that are coming in. And, and Mary decided that she's going to sit at the feet of Jesus. When you find Mary in Scripture, she's sitting at the feet of Jesus, hearing his teachings. And in this situation, again, she's seated at the feet of Jesus, listening to him, hearing his teachings. 
And Martha became very distracted. She got upset and she got so upset about it about, uh, because she was you know, concerned about the meal prep and everything. And Mary's nowhere to be found to help. And so she, she uh, goes to Jesus and says, Jesus, does this not concern you? Don't you care that I'm doing this all by myself, all this human effort? And Martha, just sitting here at your feet, why don't you tell Martha to help me? And Jesus replied, Martha, uh, Martha, you are concerned, you are worried and troubled about many things, about many things. And that's a picture of our lives. We can get so, so caught up in responsibilities of things that need to be done and should be done and ought to be done. But in reality, Jesus is saying there's one thing that's more important. And Mary has chosen that. And you have to go back and figure out, okay, what did Mary choose? Mary chose in the midst of a very intense, busy time. She chose, and wait a minute, I'm going to take some time, first of all. I'm going to take some time, first of all. I'm going to say, first of all, I'm going to sit at the feet of Jesus, and I'm going to hear the word. Make the word a priority. It's more important than anything else. It's what, it's what upholds us, it sustains us, it leads us home. It's our healer, it's our provider, it's our protection. The word of God is our prince of peace. The word of God has made, been made wisdom unto us. The word of God declares that we have the mind of Christ. Focus on this one thing. And you do so, you do so by continually bringing your mind into submission to the word of God and say, no, I'm not going to be meditating on, on, on bad experiences. I'm not going to be allowing myself to be anxious and troubled about many things. I'm going to choose the thing that Mary chose. She chose the word of God. She chose the word of God. And so in, uh, the Apostle Paul uh, also in here, another suggestion that I have is found in verse 9 where he says that... Uh, the righteousness, that according to the law, he was absolutely spot on. He did everything perfectly, but he said, that's not the righteousness that I want. It's that the righteousness that really matters is that righteousness through faith in Jesus Christ, through Jesus Christ. And righteousness, some people say, well, that's, a, that's an old King James word. Well, it is and it isn't, but it simply means to be in a right relationship with Jesus Christ. And that, that, that is a reality of our faith in him. And then he went on to say that I want to know him and, and I want to understand and I want to experience the power of his resurrection that raised him from the dead, that raised him from the dead. So I'm going to... I'm, I'm going to go ahead and, and close with that. There's so many other ones here, but I want to stop there. Uh, let's see. In verse 10 of Philippians 3, he said, I want to know Christ and experience the mighty power that raised him from the dead. I want to suffer with him, sharing in his death. Don't mess that up thinking, well, Jesus suffered, so I need to suffer. You do not need to go to the cross. You do not need to suffer anything that Jesus suffered and paid for. By faith, we enter into that with him. And I'm going to show you that from the Word of God. Romans chapter 6. I'm deviating from my notes. So back there at the computer, you don't have this. But uh, let, let me just look at this real quick. Is this all right? Yes. Romans chapter 6. Listen to this. It says, well then, should we keep on sinning so that God can show us more and more of his wonderful grace? Of course not. Since we have died 
to sin, how can we continue to live in it? Or have you forgotten that when we were joined with Christ Jesus in baptism, another plug for baptism at the end of the month, we joined him in his death, for we died and we were buried with Christ by baptism. And just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glorious power of the Father, now we also may live new lives. Since, verse 5, since we have been united with him in his death, we will also be raised to life as he was. We know that our old sinful selves were crucified with Christ so that sin might lose its power in our lives. We are no longer slaves to sin. When he died, when we died with Christ, we were set free from the power of sin. And since we died with Christ, we know we will also live with him. We are sure of this because Christ was raised from the dead and he will never die again. Death no longer has any power over him. When he died, he died once to break that power of sin, but now he lives. He lives for the glory of God. So because of what happened to Jesus, verse 11, so you also should consider yourselves to be dead to the power of sin and alive to God through Jesus Christ. Focus on this one thing. Focus on it. You died with Christ. You were raised with him. Death and sin no longer has any authority over you. We don't need to be yielding to it. We have the resurrection power of Jesus Christ and alive and well within us. I'm going to pray this prayer over you. It's a prayer that the Apostle Paul prayed for the church at Ephesus, and it's very applicable to us today. So why don't you go ahead and stand up and let me pray this. It's found in Ephesians. This is a prayer that I would encourage you to become familiar with and pray it over yourself, pray it over your family. It's found in Ephesians chapter 1. Starts around verse 15. I'll pick up a little bit uh, farther into it. Uh, I'm going to start at verse 17. 16. Ephesians 1 verse 16. I have not stopped thanking God for you. I pray for you constantly, asking God, the glorious Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, to give us spiritual wisdom and insights so that we might know, grow in your knowledge, O oh God. Lord, I pray that our hearts would be flooded with light so that we can understand the confident hope you have given us and to all of us who are called your holy people and who are rich and to your rich and glorious inheritance. Verse 19, listen to this. I also pray that you, all of us here at Grace Church, all of you watching online, I also pray that all of us will understand the incredible greatness of God's power for us who believe. This is the same mighty power that God that raised Christ from the dead and seated him in the place of honor at God's right hand in the heavenly realms. Now he is far above any ruler or authority or power or leader or anything else, not only in this world, but in the world which is to come. Father, I thank you and praise you, Lord God, that the power of your resurrection and our identity in the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, our identity in that, as the Apostle Paul stated, his desire was to have that infinite knowledge of, of, of Christ. Father, 
Father, I pray in Jesus' name that we have a grace upon our lives to lay aside everything that needs to be laid aside. We have a grace on our minds, Father God, to, to be able to focus on that one thing that's important, to be focusing on the Word of God, to allow the Holy Spirit to permeate our minds and bring us into a place where we are able to ponder, to meditate upon your Word and, and to rejoice in your Word from this day on, Lord God. As we leave here today and as we are entering, uh, have entered into a new year, Father, I thank you for uh, just an, an outpouring of grace, an outpouring of peace, an outpouring of the love of God and the wisdom of God. And Father, may we all come to that place where we just have a, 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 a longing, a hunger, a thirst for more of you, of your word, Father. I pray this in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. You're here this morning. You've received that. Say amen. 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 And if you may be here this morning, say, I've never received Jesus as my personal Lord and Savior. Well, this is a, this is a great day. There's no day like today to do that. Does anyone in here at all say, I've never received Jesus, but I sure want to get in on this power of this resurrection. Would you slip up your hand real quickly? Anyone at all in here? Anyone? You want to receive Jesus as Lord and Savior? Thank you, Lord Jesus. See any hands raised? All right. So, Father, we just thank you that this church is blessed and that you're going out of here with a grace and a peace and you, you are able to focus. Distractions are no longer, things that distracted you are no longer going to distract you. You're going to be able to focus like you've never focused before, but you're going to focus on that one thing of knowing him, knowing him intimately and the power of his resurrection that covers everything. Amen. God bless you. Have a wonderful rest of the day. Thank you so much for coming out again. Thank you for your love and your prayers. And, and uh, we're looking forward to seeing you next Sunday morning. God bless.